0: into bird's eye view when it comes to the orioles this more or less weekly podcast is your official source for lack of insight and for baseless opinions today is december 23rd 2019 it's christmas eve eve and this is episode 283 my name is jake english and i'm scott magnus
1: and on this week's show we're gonna try to remember how to podcast this could not be any more forthright (laughs) and we'll also hunker down and prepare for the holidays
0: Uh, Yeah, and we'll do all that right after we lubricate for the show. That's right. It is
1: time for the Drink of the Week. Scott Magnus, what is on your lips on this episode? Uh, I'm doing a whiskey uh, with a lot of watered down ice in it now. And we'll get to that at the later end of the episode. (laughs) i got to be honest. That smells amazing. It does smell good. Um, not
0: great, though. This um, could be better. I'm disappointed for you. I, myself, am drinking a 1623 IPA. This is from the 1623 Brewing Company. And I got to tell you, I, you know, I saw this and I was like, oh, I've never had that before. We'll give it a shot. I'm really impressed by this beer. This is uh, 1623 Brewing Company's out of Westminster, Maryland. It is a uh, Colorado-style IPA and uh yeah apparently the founder's from colorado it doesn't matter why it's it's good and if you see it in the store you should pick it up
1: well if it's from westminster and it's that far west then obviously mlb is looking to in essence retract it and or concede on it so um True. Temporary will soon be no longer in existence <laughs> it
0: is a uh, it is a limited time uh, opportunity folks if you are interested in uh, drinking along with us socially come find us on untapped I'm at Jake e 4025 and I'm at
1: magn 8606 and with that let's go to 280 characters or less this week on the Twitters uh, Jake uh, you posted something uh, on the on our Twitter profile or Twitter account uh, and it was There are 99 days until opening day. Precious little is happening in the offseason, and we can probably expect more of the same during the 2020 campaign. Let's have a little fun. Give me one hopeful and one heartbreaking prediction for the upcoming season. So, Jake, I thought, you know, I didn't really participate in this, and there was a lot of great participation. Yeah, Birdland really stepped up, by the way. Orioles Twitter came through on. There was was a lot of fun. I thought maybe we could participate uh, with everybody else that was going through this. What? You and I. You and I. Going back and forth with heartwarming
0: and heartbreaking uh, let's, predictions. Well, let's not
1: go that far. Oh no! <laughs> all right, all right. Let's do this. Uh, right. how, how do you want this to work? I'll, why don't you go ahead and start me off with a positive one? And, and, and since it's 99 days away, uh-huh. I'll, I'll uh-huh. play you some music. All right. Oh, this is nice. <laughs> all right, I like where this is going. Um, Wait, do I have to talk over this? Yes. I have. A- it's not that good.
0: I have a, an, an emotional connection with this song. Of course you do. Um, all right. Positive. Are we, I lost myself and Nina. Are we, are we positive? Is that what we're doing here? Positive. All right. Um, positive. Trey Mancini will have another all-star snub season, which means, which means that one of the Orioles' young new players will
1: surprise us. Pleasantly. Jake, one of my predictions is... Buck Showalter, talking about the Orioles on the Yes Network will be one of the highlights of the 2020 season. Woof. Will be the highlight. Will be Woof. the highlight. All right.
0: Um, positive, negative, what do you want to hear? Aren't they the same?
2: <laughs>
0: no, not on my list. All right, well, let's go negative. Uh, with Dylan Bundy gone, the Orioles do not have a single starter who can eat up innings, and the Norfolk shuttle response stunts the growth. Of promising young pitchers in the farm system.
1: All right. Uh, Jake, one of my negatives will be um, opening day will not be a sellout. Ooh. At least not for Orioles fans. They'll be playing the Yankees that day. Uh, the Yankees fans will dominate Orioles fans on opening day.
2: Uh, yuck.
1: All right. Uh, More reason about your holiday pack, folks. <laughs> I'll go
2: positive.
0: All right. Okay. Probably positive over here. Uh, Asher Wojcikowski, A-Watch, as we call him in these parts, uh, will have a breakout season and prove that he can be an everyday
1: number five fifth starter. Uh, My prediction is A-Watch will have a breakout season by getting injured. You mean a bone will pop out? Yes. (laughs) A bone will break out. Not cool. Um, All right. Um,
0: Negative. Brandon Hyde loses his temper with another player, but this time... It's not all fun and games. Stevie Wilkerson heads to the injured list with a fractured orbital bone. Hyde is dismissed in disgrace, and the team falls even
1: further in the standings under interim manager Freddy Gonzalez. Jay, one of my predictions are the Orioles play the San Diego Padres this year, and what's cooking with Kirby is uh-huh. one of the t- primary segments. But unfortunately, the Orioles eat the food from Wayne Kirby, and being on the opposing team, it gives them a foodborne illness. And three players pass away. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> notices in Major League Baseball. <laughs> that got dark <darkened>, in right? <laughs> Who would have thought that Wayne Kirby could lead to such darkness? <laughs> am, I, am I positive or
0: negative? I have one left for each. Okay. Uh, give me uh, give me positive. Uh, positive. Hanser Alberto puts together another unlikely season and leads the Baltimore Orioles to a thrilling
1: game 162 clinching fourth place in the AL East. He then has a latex allergy due to 99 red balloons rubbing up against his skin, and he hits the DL accordingly. All right, my
0: last heartbreaking prediction. The new rules put in place for the 2020 season exacerbate the looming tensions between MLB and the Players Union, putting the two parties on a collision path for a work stoppage. Just as the Orioles are headed back up from rock bottom, the work stoppage lasts just long enough to send the team spiraling
1: into a third dark ages, I think we're already in the dark ages,
0: yeah this is a this is like a darker age darker ages, yeah, this is like uh you know the german version of ninety nine
1: l balloons <laughs> So it's like Fifty Shades Darker, is what it's, you're telling me. It's Fifty Shades Darker. <laughs> what, what were we doing? Were
0: we twittering? <laughs> when, when, I, I, I think we were twittering. I've lost. You, you distracted me with uh,
1: with '80s synth pop, and I've lost my way. Speaking of parties being in conflict with each other, let's go to this next tweet from Fox Fox Sports.
0: Ah, I see.
1: Uh, the Ravens haven't lost in a while, so long that the Orioles have actually lost more recently. This doesn't seem that surprising to me. I,
0: I think that. Uh, the looming losses of the Orioles haunt me in such a way that it never feels far away? Yes. Yeah. Um, All right. Here's a question that comes to us from Major League Baseball. This is a tweet from the MLB account at MLB. Uh, and it says this, air your grievances. Okay, Appropriate for the day. Yeah. What team do you hate losing to? So, Scotty, I'm going to put you on the spot. Air your grievances. What team do you hate
1: losing to? Ourselves. No. I don't like to jack-cust it.
0: No, no. I'm pretty sure that Maryland is the only team that beats itself. hmm Yeah. Uh, um, possibly, you know, just, just Maryland. Um, I hate, and, you know, it would be traditional to say the Yankees or the Red Sox. Um, I'm a different kind of cat. I prefer um, the the Kansas City Royals. Okay. I, I hate losing to those guys. I will never forgive them. Still got a beef against yeah, them. for the ALCS in 2014. Nobody else may care, uh, but but it bothers me. Jake, why don't you go ahead and
1: take the the next tweet?
0: Oh, you're you're punishing me for making this choice, but I I will own this. All right, our next tweet comes from none other than yes, Bob Nightingale. Ah, Bobby Nightingale. Bob Nightingale. Did, by the way, did you see him get roasted? Owned? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Whew, that felt good. Uh, so, we'll everyone take this tweet with a grain of salt. That's right. In ninety nine days. What was that? In in ninety nine days. In ninety nine days. In ninety nine days. Yeah. yeah. In ninety nine days garrett cole will be making his first regular season in a hashtag yankees uniform that's right your pardon? because that's a sentence bob Knight. that's not a sentence uh in 99 days garrett cole will be making his first regular season i assume he means start yep. in a hashtag yankees uniform versus the hashtag orioles on opening day at canyon yards uh look that might be fun for someone i don't think it'll be fun for us nope not fun for orioles fans not fun for the orioles themselves not fun for fans
1: of 99 Love Blades. Absolutely not. Still thinking about Wayne Kirby killing people, but... Um, this next week comes You from, write the worst fan <laughs> fiction. This next week comes from Nick Marcakis. I'm sorry? Uh, Nick Marcakis. Ah, uh, ah. It's at Banana Slaptic, Um and uh, it's the most memorable Orioles moments of the decade, a thread. and It'll be a chronological order uh, from 2010 to 2019. Uh, Jake, uh, looking through this thread... Uh, some absolute gems. Um, highly recommend You know, bookmarking this one, saving it for another day, and just checking it out when you need to have a, a positive movie up and know how good this past decade was for Orioles baseball. The
0: Orioles were a lot of fun in the 20-teens. What were we calling it? The, the teens? The, the teens? tens? I don't know. The tens? Um, the prohibition era. <laughs> the
2: prohibition era.
0: But, yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. And when I am sad about this team... I will reach back and so, you know, <laughs> every single day this upcoming year. <laughs> no, I know. I know that we retweeted this early in the week, but this is this was good work. I, I really, I really
1: enjoyed it. All right, I think we've uh, destroyed that enough at this point, so we can never listen to "99 Red Balloons" ever again. You take that back. Okay. Uh, why don't we go ahead and get caught up with everything that has gone down um, since the last time we talked about a month ago? Let's go around the bases and uh, review our new roster. And, uh, understand, uh, what the 2020 Orioles may look like. All right, let's go on over to first base to begin with. Uh, let's look at the roster and review. Um, so, John Foyar, non-tendered, uh, and then traded to the Mar- uh, Miami Marlins. Um, and Dylan Bundy was also traded um, in the past month, too. So, Jake, I ask you, uh, which one kind of irks you the most? Well, I mean, irk is
0: a strong word. It's, it's difficult to have emotions about a team that you know will just make you sad. I I will say, um, you know Dylan Bundy. I got you know. Might as well trade him. It would have been nice if they had you know traded him after a couple of good starts and,
2: and
0: <laughs> gotten some That's cute. I know, I know. I'm going back to the hopeful. Okay, going back to the hopeful. Um, but you know they they got value for him. I guess. Um, you know I joked earlier about being a little concerned about the hole that'll leave in the rotation and what that means as far as innings is concerned. <laughs> yeah. I do, I do think my emotions are a little more conflicted about VR. Um, I get the fact that this team is not going to win. Um, and so it, you know, paying VR $10 million to play baseball for you is like, you know, kind of throwing, you know, good money after bad. But at the same time, I'm not sure what they could possibly hope to get for them. And so, you know, I don't know how bad it would have been to just pay the $10 million to have, you know, at least one exciting, you know, pretty good player on the roster. Um, you know, for a bad team. I don't know. I I can kind of see both ways, but I guess if if you ask me which you
1: know moved the needle more for me, it was VR. Okay. Um, so, so I agree with you. Like when VR was traded, um, the amount of uproar that I heard um, from family and just you know on Orioles Twitter um, wasn't surprising. Um, but at the same point. I was a little surprised how how much of an uproar it is. I mean, it comes back down to everyone knew this team wasn't going to com- compete. Um, everyone knew that, you know, the Orioles were not going to want to spend a ton of money this year. So it, it kind of made sense. And this is why I mentioned in the last episode that VR was probably going to be non-tendered because it just didn't didn't make any, any sense for them to basically pay someone $10 million to play for them coming up next season if they had the option to not do so. Um, and, you know, the arguments have been made uh, specifically of, well, they should have paid him and seen if they could have traded him at the trade deadline. But again, there was no guarantee that he was going to have a, you know, a season um, just like he did last season. He's never done that before in his career where he's had two seasons back to back. And it, it comes back down to you look at when he was not tendered and it wasn't like there was a ton of teams all of a sudden jumping on him and saying, oh, we should get him. So obviously the talent assessment by Major League Baseball indicates that, you know, he's a fringe player at best. Um, and in essence, he's not worth that value to, in essence, raise that team to the next level. Again, he's a he's a filler, um, and he can be a decent filler, but he's not, in essence, an all-star or a superstar in order to basically do it. So I don't consider it that big of a deal. Um, but I come back to your point of, you know, it would be, some people are saying it would be nice to have at least some good players on the team. And I guess my point to that would be, do we really feel like any Orioles fans were going to the park in order to see Jonathan VR? Yeah, no, it's a good question.
0: Uh, I I think about it this way: like back in in the previous Dark Ages. Uh, the Orioles signed uh, Kevin Millwood yeah. to be the uh, number one starter, not the ace, but the number <laughs> one starter to eat up innings, you know, to be a, a physical presence. And He it pitched, th- what, like 120, 130 innings or
1: something like that? Some. He, yeah. he
0: pitched in number. But at the time of the signing, you were like, well, it's Kevin Millwood, so there's no reason to be excited. But at the same time, it's Kevin Millwood, so they they went out and did something. Um, you know, it, it's hard to see, like, what the plan is. Um. And it would be one thing just to say, like, we're going to play all the kids, right? We're, gonna, we're just going to play the kids. And that's our plan. Uh, but instead, what we're getting is this hybrid. And I'm not accusing them of a, a lack of transparency, but it would just be nice to, like, know what we we're going to get. And when you see a, a situation like Kevin Villar, you know, being or Kevin Villar, um, Jonathan VR uh, being traded, you know, it leads to all those questions about, like, well, who's going to play the infield and, and what's the, the infield rotation going to be like? You know, are we really going to rock on with Hanser Alberto at second and Richie Martin at, at short and Rio Ruiz at third? Ugh. You know, it, I, I just wish that um, I, I can see the argument for saying, you know, we're going to bring in this, this player. It's not exciting. It's not sexy. It's not the answer. But at
1: the same time, it's not a major league embarrassment. Sure. Um, and I hear you for that. Um, you know, I think it comes back to the same pitching argument, though, which is we can put together some players out there that are going to cost us one to $2 million at most, and they're going to offer us some value. Um, and in essence, it's not going to significantly alter our win-loss category. Um, you know, the shortstop position, second-base position, are a major question mark. But again, um, there are players that in essence the orals are going to want to try there and see what happens you know even from a second base standpoint we had um mention of ryan mountcastle even trying to go to second base but you know you even think to the point of like you know chancisco was absolutely god-awful uh a catcher is it a possibility he could play second base steve pierce played second base for a game or two hear me out yeah hear me out by the way kevin millwood pitched 190 innings for the 2010 Orioles. get out yeah For what year? 2010. Wow. Okay. Yeah, we're old. All right. Hear
0: me out on this one. Yeah. I think every day of the week, Chris Davis plays a different position. All right. All right. Starts at first. All right. Next game, he plays second. Okay. Next game, he plays short.
1: Scott Boris isn't going to like this.
0: Scott Boris is making a lot of money (laughs) off of this. (laughs) Speaking of money, by the way, you and I have both mentioned the dollars here. Yeah. Um. The Orioles are moving toward having the lowest payroll. In They'll the have
1: the lowest payroll or the second to the lowest payroll. There's no question. The, on mine. There's a
0: lot of chatter about it online. Where do you fall on whether or not that matters? I, I, I am, um, I'm torn, like Natalie and Brulia, because you know, back in the it day, it wouldn't be a bird's eye view episode if
1: Jake did not bring up Natalie and Brulia.
0: Back in the day, you know, when the Orioles weren't paying money but had no plan about it, mm-hmm. you were furious. Yeah. Now that they've got this plan, you know, trust the process, right, it almost excuses them for not trying. Uh-huh. Um I, I don't I don't know how to feel about that. I'm not I'm not like, oh, Angeles is cheap, frustrated, but at the same time, there there is a part of me that says, you know, paying a couple of million dollars for a player
1: that is not completely awful. Is not going to wreck the rebuild. Sure. So in essence, you're like, I would be appreciative if you could at least fill in your scantron as opposed to submitting me a scantron that is partially filled out.
0: Right. Or 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 if they say to me, look, we're going to play the kids. Did did you private school kids actually have scantrons? Or we we did. Okay, just want to make sure they were not. You know, they were rickety, but they were there. But you know, if the Orioles said, look, we're going to play the kids, we're going to play. You know, basically our AAA roster. And we're going to grow them, and they're going to be growing pains, and it's going to be ugly. But stick with us because it'll pay off. Do the- You want me to play the
1: growing pains theme song now? Absolutely. Okay. I, I really,
0: <laughs> really want that. But you know, like that would be something that my feeble brain could understand. Sure. I'm. It, it's a little more murky when it's like we're not paying a lot of money, we're not, you know, we're not bringing in, you know, even uh, replacement level players. We don't have anything going on. It's harder for you know. M-
1: for my lizard brain fan to say, okay, I see where we are and where we're going. Sure. And I think ultimately you can take a look at some of the player development that's going on in the minor leagues. um, And you can see, Hey, the the process is beginning. Uh, I understand, you know, not wanting to in essence, spend the money. um, But in essence, you want to see some facsimile of something in order to convince you to basically say, Hey, this is a major league baseball team. But again, I, I come back to the point of, is there really that much of a difference between being a 55-win team and a 62-win team? No. Like, it doesn't matter whatsoever. Um, you know, it's, it's like the difference between a Vega and a Pinto. It, they're both crap. Um, you know, they both are going to be terrible. In essence, you know, save your money and invest that money in the future into, you know, a somewhat nice car um, and see if you can, you know, compete with all the, you know, drama club, you know, individuals that are, you know, scoring all the ladies.
0: I, I think, uh, first of all, thanks for throwing props at the drama club, kids. I appreciate no that. No problem. Uh, I, I think that your metaphor is is good but misguided. Okay. The Orioles are putting out a lot of crappy Chevys. Yes. But Scotty, just down the road, 35 miles away, mm-hmm. that Toyota plant in Washington, Mm-hmm. It's turning out some really dependable cars. Sure. Some really nice ones. Yeah.
1: And um, how much um, money does that Toyota plant have? I think it's like $10 billion. And I think the Ford and the Chevy plant up here have like maybe a billion. Maybe? Well, I don't, I don't know how the Washington
0: Nationals managed to pay, you know, uh, for, for all that pitching with the uh, just insufficient money they're getting for the Masson deal.
1: Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Roccabocco will tell you that many times. But, <laughs> uh, I mean, look, if, if you look at the payroll for, for the Nationals, you're absolutely right. They have been paying a lot of money into that given area. Um, but, you know, there was a long time there— um, when they were first founded that they weren't paying a ton of money in there and the learners had a ton of money it's not like they all of a sudden just got a bunch of money so i, I just think it, it takes time it, it uh, all all things aside
0: i think it's a really weird and interesting that washington dc who has a a deep and rich culture with its football team has a uh world champion ch- baseball team and baltimore who has a long storied and perhaps difficult relationship in a, in a similar way with its baseball team has a dominant football team right now that is the odds on favorite to appear in a certain game in Miami later in February it's just it's a it's a weird parallel it is structure weird. um woof yeah we'll have to get Josh Finver on this uh, on this podcast to talk about his emotions. Glowingly, just yes. just to just to make fun of him.
1: All right. Well, let's go to second base. Um, and let's go to the organizational review in terms of, um, the Orioles announced their entire major league coaching staff. Uh, not a huge amount of changes here. Um, the most biggest ones were kind of Darren Holmes being named Bulletin coach, and then Freddie Gonzalez being named as a major league coach with nothing else behind no, it. No portfolio. He's just a major league. Just coach. a major league coach.
0: Uh, you know, it's it's interesting and weird that they you know have abandoned the bench coach thing last year. They did the same, but they had a de facto bench coach. And the fact that um, Tim Cossens took the reins when Hyde you know was ejected, he was the next guy up. Uh, but he wasn't the bench coach, no, no, no. no. Well, now I think Freddie Gonzalez is going to have that role. So it's interesting because Tim Cossens is now no longer that guy. I'm assuming uh, without a demotion, you know, without a title change, without without anything. I, I think it's interesting. I wonder if the way major league uh staffs are constructed are changing uh right before our eyes and if we'll see these you know hybrid roles continue uh particularly because you know they've added the number of of uh, uniform coaches they can have in the bullpen etc 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 uh it'll it'll be interesting to see how that evolves with so many other things in the orioles organization and other
1: you know forward-thinking clubs like the orioles yeah i mean i, th- I think ultimately um You know, A title is, in essence, an antiquated practice. Um, Ultimately, it it comes back to each of these individuals will have a role going forward, depending on the day and depending on the weekend, depending on the player that they need to talk to. So why does a person that, you know, the first base coach just have to do, you know, that given role? I think they should have titles of nobility. That's what I think. I agree. And in reality, what is a bench? What is a bench? Yeah. I mean, really, aren't we all just I mean, benches? Does Freddy Gonzalez just have to sit there and basically coach the bench? Like
0: Uh it's interesting. Freddie Gonzalez, you know, is only notable because we know his name, right? He was a major league manager. Mm. Um I think it's I think it's good to have former major league managers. It's just like in football where, you know, a fired or a former coach comes in as as a you know, coordinator level, and as long as he's, you know. On, on message on brand on point can really be a boon uh to a uh, um, you know a head coach i hope that's the same way here in baltimore you know we talked last year about not really being able to judge brandon hyde because he's he's coaching a minor league team we don't know what he's like with a major league club behind him but you know having somebody else with major league experience on his staff in his ear available to him as a resource i think you know can only improve uh, his experience as as well as the players
1: yeah i mean it's not just you know a, a former head coach but it's also an individual that you know has previous previous player player experience too coming up through the minors and being a player as a catcher at the yankees farm system I, I ultimately come back and and see you know his experience both in terms of being a major league manager but also being a former player and in addition also having roots both to cuba as well and having some developmental aspects there I wonder if this kind of also helps the Orioles um, if they're continuing to look to um, develop um, their roster in addition for um, international free agents going forward. I don't think this is a one-year thing. I think this is a long-term aspect, and this is one of those individuals that, you know, like Elias said, you know, at when he was hired as of last year, he couldn't make the moves that he wanted to fill. I think Freddie Gonzalez and Espens fills one of those roles that he feels like can be of benefit not just as a bench coach— um, but as a player development coach,
0: yeah, absolutely, but I, I think really the the biggest name you know that we continue to have on the coaching staff is is just anthony Santeres. absolutely uh, that's just you know big I, in the u k yeah, absolutely um you know I, I think that we we have a lot to to look for for Anthony Sanders.
1: all right, let's go to third base. uh let's talk about the kind of the a l freeze out here. Uh, Garrett Cole, uh, recently signed by the Yankees for nine years, three hundred and twenty-six million dollars. Sorry, what? Yeah, that's a lot of money.
0: That is a lot of money.
1: Um, but also, as of last night, Ryu, um, just signed with the uh, Toronto Blue Jays for four years and eighty million dollars. Sorry,
0: Ryu Ruiz. Ryu. Uh oh oh the uh, th- that okay yeah, gotcha
1: that one Got yeah, that signed one. with the Blue Jays Blue Jays from Toronto. Uh yeah he's the he, yeah the Blue Jays from Toronto. So huh? previously going from the Dodgers now to the Blue Jays. Well, he looks good in blue. Yeah, he does. He won't have to hit anymore, but... So what what does that mean? What does it all mean, Scott? So I don't know if it means anything, but I think it's interesting always to kind of keep track of what the rest of the AL East is doing. Um, You know, I look at, you know, pitchers like Cole and I look at Ryu and, you know, what I think about is not so much, how does this impact me for 2020, but again, how does this impact us down the road? So we've talked about this before of the Orioles were going to be garbage in 2019, 2020... 21-21 21-21 is going to be maybe a turning point, maybe. But, you know, 2022, 2023, and 2024 is kind of going to be your, your area. We're going to, in essence, have an opportunity to maybe compete. Um, And I look at, you know, a situation like Garrett Cole now being part of the Yankees, and I'm like, that's a player that we're going to have to, in essence, recognize um and be able to compete against if the Orioles are going to be successful going forward, um, you know, during their prime opportunity in in the near future? So I look at this a little differently. Okay. um, I, I know that you're throwing me a bone there by saying
0: maybe we'll be competitive in 2021. I, I really hope, you know, 2020 is cl- clearly a lost season. Yes. I really hope that we'll see the direction that this team is going to go by 2021. I, I hope that we'll know some of the names that will matter later. I hope that instead of winning, you know, in, in the 50s, maybe we're winning in the low 70s, 70s? right? Hey, like, seventy
1: would be awesome. I'd be like, all right, we're almost there. Maybe
0: we're making some progress, right? right? Like looking like a team that knows how it's going to get on the path right. to be
1: better, right?
0: I, my expectations are low, but but uh, I'm hoping that 2021 will-
1: So, so your wife, so.
0: <laughs> we'll be able to look back and look at it as as a turning point. Yeah, right? it, Maybe it won't feel that way at the
1: time. I think it's, it'll ultimately come back down to we'll be able to pick out a few select players that say that is going to be our foundation moving right. forward. Similar to what we saw with Adam Jones- um, in 2011, we said, that's going to be a guy that is going to, in essence, take this team to the next level.
0: You know, 2010, 2011, Zach Britton was starting for us. Right. Right? We saw that guy. We we knew that he was talented. We just, you know, we didn't know that what he would become. We we always knew Jake Arrieta was a thing if we could just get at it. Well, it didn't happen for us, but it happened for somebody. Hopefully, 2021, we see the things that happen for us. Anyway, your question, though, was about Cole and Ryu. I look at it like this. By the time the Orioles are ready to compete, you know, twenty, twenty-two, twenty-four, 2024, whatever, Garrett Cole will no longer be in his prime. Mm-hmm. Garrett Cole, I hope, will be an albatross for the Yankees. Now, of course, the Yankees can afford, you know, seven or eight albatrosses in the way that the Orioles are crippled by Chris Davis alone. But, you know, I don't look at Cole as a danger to the Orioles in games that matter. You know, I, I think that by the time we're ready to compete, he's going to be a guy that is, you know, on the way down rather than on the way up.
1: I mean, he'll be like 33 or 34 years old.
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh, so none of these things matter. Okay. For us, I, I think that the Toronto move is interesting only because, you know, Toronto has, you know, with the market they, they've got, they, they do this thing where every once in a while they just push their chips into the middle. And they spend like crazy. Right? They're like so, we've got money, we might as well use it. Right. To keep up with the big boys, they they will they will, you know, go all in. It'd be interesting while the Orioles are down to see the Blue Jays try to go all in. Because I think by the time that period wanes, hopefully the the Orioles will be waxing, right? Hopefully yeah. hopefully the Orioles will be ascending as the Blue Jays will have expended that that you know Period of spending. So you want the Orioles to get into full
1: moon mode? Yes, I would like the Orioles to moon me. Okay, just want to make sure I cover that correctly. So you're not concerned at all about the Cole Rio thing? You're just like, oh, it's a thing to note, but nothing that we need to keep track of at this given time. Absolutely not. Okay. Can
0: we uh, can we saunter into home plate?
1: Uh, we can jack hust our way to home plate. Yes,
0: right. Scott. I I saw something on the Orioles website that, frankly, it made me angry. Okay. I, I keep up with the team, right? Okay. I read i uh you know i follow moves i uh you know i i I pay attention but i looked today relatively uh you know know, dabble i dabble yeah i looked today at the orioles 40 man roster and scott there are
1: names on this list that are clearly made up now like brandon bailey and michael rucker those are real names jake
0: yeah i know no i know they they came to us from the rule five draft i way to go
1: I know. You paid attention. Good job. I know where they came from. Yeah.
0: Scott, there is some fake news on this list. Okay. All right. There is no way some of these people are real players. And these are not even names that you would get. Do we need to issue subpoenas? (laughs) We do. These are not even names.
1: It might get tied up in the courts.
0: (laughs) (laughs) These are not even names that you would get from like a a video game that that makes up names for you. No. Do, Do you know that the Orioles list a person... Who is supposed to be a pitcher for them named
1: Eric Handhold? No, that's a, that's not a real person. Handhold
0: is not a name.
1: No, that's not a. That's, that's not, a not, real not even person. close. There, there's, there's that, that. That's that's somebody playing a joke on us, being like, let's put Eric Handhold in there because we're holding our hands and not showing the rest of the league who this person actually is. That's not right, Orioles, and I don't appreciate. It. Look, it gets worse.
0: Do you know that there is a player? Name Pat Velika
1: on I, the Orioles. I do think I remember this one where it was like a utility infielder that is supposed to be like a Ryan Flaherty kind of like player. No, first of all, shut your mouth. Stevie Wilkerson
0: is the new Ryan Flaherty, and no one else can take I, don't that mantle. You mean, Come on, mother. Effer. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. I do mean that, and I defer to your your better reference. No, no Pat Pat Velika is a name that it's like a knockoff Bravik Valera. I can't even make. Viking jokes about this. So you can't go like, Pat like no, 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 no. No, it's not even going to work. It's, and honestly, you know, we talked about, can we bring in just filler? I would love Bravik Valera back just for that joke. Yeah. Breivik the
2: Destroyer.
0: Uh, here's, here's another thing that really made me angry. Sean
1: Armstrong. That's a real guy.
0: No, that that is not a real. That
1: name. is a real guy. No. I know he pitched for us last year. False. There's no, no way he definitely pitched for us at some point last year. No,
0: that is not right I, at all. No. It wasn't
1: look. a ton, but I know he pitched some innings. No, look, they claim that
0: uh, they claim that this charm uh, Sean Armstrong, if that is his real name, is number 43, and I know for a fact the number 43 for the Baltimore Orioles is
1: new Mike Wright. Uh, that is a a fact. Um, but I believe he changed his name to Sean
0: Armstrong during no, this offseason. No, I refuse to believe that. He is new Mike Wright. That is his name. That, that is, is his is performance. That is his identity. <laughs> that is his performance. That is his value. He is new Mike Wright. And frankly, I will not stand. I will not stand, Orioles, for this nonsense on your forty man roster. Look, you can be bad and you can be uh you can make decisions that are questionable, but don't you lie to me. Don't you lie to me in ways that are so easy and transparent to see
1: that, uh, that, that I rant on a podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Jake, um, that was a lot of down notes. Uh, maybe we can get a little bit more festive uh, and get ready for the holiday season. What are
0: you talking about? We already aired the grievances. Uh,
1: let, let's come back around and um, let's get holly and jolly. All right, Jake, so uh, it's the day before Christmas Eve, Christmas Eve Eve. Uh, when everyone listens to this, it'll actually be Christmas Eve and potentially Christmas Day, because if you've got nothing better to do on Christmas Day than to listen to Bird's Eye View. I worry I worry about you. Um, let's just say the Wilson 3 ghosts to your house as soon as possible. Uh, so, Jake, anything good going on off the holiday season in Birdland? Uh, they had the holiday event uh, where you could go down. And it looks like absolutely miserable weather, but good for them for, for holding that. Um, the holiday gift pack came back where you can go and buy tickets that's that's neat i'm excited about that yeah. I, I am excited i 99 for opening day tickets i'm sorry how many dollars 99 oh we're
2: not
1: doing that brutal
0: that's brutal All right. i i really you know we have season tickets so it's it's well kinda,
1: technically we don't have season tickets right now we will have season. Tickets. We will have season tickets. Okay. We will have season tickets. Okay, we'll have to talk about that offline. So it's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of, you know, silly you did for... listen to this previous segment where we're just like, there's absolutely nothing to go see at the at the ball game.
0: All right, so here's my here's my <laughs> argument for for season tickets. Uh still remarkably affordable, uh-huh. despite the Orioles' best efforts. Yep. And I I have I have a fantasy. Scott. You have a fantasy. Can I let you into my fantasy? Is it <laughs> <revelers>? <laughs> it is no, no, there's no latex involved. Uh here's my fantasy. Are you ready? Of course there's no latex <laughs> involved in your fantasies. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I think that the Orioles are gonna surprise us clearly like they did in 2012. Uh huh. This is this is a stretch. Um and and it's only gonna be uh, the strength of the longevity of season ticket holders that are going to be able to get those playoff tickets. God, you're so dumb. I know, I know. You're so dumb. <laughs> you're so
1: dumb. Come with me. You're Come so, with me on this fantasy. You're so dumb. <laughs> it's like they literally just like, what kind of sucker can we get convinced <laughs> that this is going to be the possibility that we can sucker them out of $200 and do this? Up! Oh! There's Jake English. Over I am here. the avatar <laughs> for
0: their marketing strategy. Oh my god! What a freaking dum dumb. <laughs> All right, Mo- moving on. Uh, there's a holiday pack if you want it, folks. Yes. Um, but Scotty, I was I was curious about this. Um, you know, they they have been pushing real hard on you know mobshop.com. If the Oriole Santa bird were to climb down your chimney. Uh-huh. What uh? What Orioles themed gifts are you hoping for this holiday season? Well, obviously
1: it's 2020 uh, postseason ticket priority <laughs> purchasing. <laughs> um, honestly, <It's> not 2020. Oh, <laughs> it's just, oh, just the, the future. Gotcha. It's, it's, you know, it's the continuous, <laughs> the continuous aspect. They're like, we're gonna reward you for your loyalty, and as That's such, how it was last time, and as such. We're going to allow you to buy very expensive tickets to this baseball game. Yes. Thank you for your loyalty. <laughs> God, there's a chump board every minute. Uh, honestly, uh, I'm not looking for any Orioles gear at this time. Um, you know, I, I look back at the amount of jerseys that I have from the 2010s. How's that working out for you? It, It's not working out so well. Uh, so I really don't want to do it. Um, I'm in a, in a really good place right now with kind of gear. However, I will make one uh, suggestion slash recommendation kind of going forward. And we've talked about this before on the podcast. If, if you are so stupid enough that you need to go out and uh, in essence – Buy a season ticket plan. Which God help us if we actually end up in that ball in that in that position because I think we are going to be in that position. <laughs> uh, the Orioles need to bring back jerseys as mm-hmm. part of this new Dark Ages. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was mm-hmm. nothing quite like popping over on Tuesday nights and getting a jersey of a player that probably wasn't going to be with the team for more than six months. But in essence, you had a really nice jersey that you could wear to bed or cut up into shreds to wash your car with. Um, the Orioles need to bring back jerseys uh, for the 2020 season. Super cheap to do. Uh, make it happen. So what players do you want to see in a jersey? I mean, clearly, Hans or Alberto. Uh, Hans or Alberto. Uh, I would love to see a, like a British flag shirt with Andy, Anthony Santander. Oh, that is a great yeah. idea. <laughs> so I think that would be a really fun one. That is a really good idea. Yep. I think there might be you need to be like a UK night uh, for Anthony Santander, where you maybe you play some uh, British invasion music uh, during the entire night. Scotty, we need to get on the phone right now with the market. You can go to like various stands, and like, there's like Guinness and Harp, and like bangers and mash. Um, uh, Newcastle Brown Ale would be a good one.
0: I I like where this is going.
1: I like <laughs> I like everything. Jake would
0: about. have to be dragged out to the this stadium that night. No, no, you wouldn't because I would have season tickets and I would be there anyway. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. All right. um, So let's go back to this jersey thing because I do not own uh, a single Orioles jersey. I have a um, a non-name Orioles orange spring training uh, pullover from like, Oh eight or nine. I'm 09. sorry, you don't have a a, a wet meters jersey. I do have a wet meters. I stand <laughs> corrected. I do have a Watt meters. Um, it fell off the back of a truck in China. The the W's and M's are clearly upside down versions of one another. It's Watt meters. Um, but yeah, I I don't I don't uh, I don't need a new jersey. But uh, I've owned my spring training pullover. Long enough that it's starting to turn into tequila sunrise. Oh. It's like sun drenched on the top yeah. and actual orange on the bottom. Yeah. So eventually, I'm going to need another orange jersey. Uh, how do you go about it? Do you do a retired player? Do you you don't get your own name no. on a jersey? That's terrible. Uh, but what do you, what do you do? Because clearly, we cannot trust any of these cats uh, now. Who whose jersey would you get if you had to get one right this second?
1: Um, for you. Sure. Um, You know, if I know anything about the English family, I'd probably be buying you a Jeff Rebele jersey. (laughs) That's true. And um, it probably could be used by multiple people.
0: I got to say, I would, uh, I I think it's still okay to buy a Jones jersey.
1: Yeah, I I, I have a Jones jersey. I have no issues, in essence, wearing a Jones jersey to the ballpark.
0: I would love a Brian Roberts jersey. Okay. Hear me out on this one. Yeah. J.J. Hardy. That is a good one. I would I would rock a JJ Hardy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, looking through the official online shop for the Baltimore Orioles, lots of interesting things. Uh, winter winter garb. I'm down with winter garb. Um, lots of good scarfs and winter hats for your uh, holiday buying pleasure. And you're going to need them, Scott, for those uh, postseason games, uh, which is why we have the the playoff tickets.
1: I feel like though, if I'm going to be wearing like old school like stuff. I think I'd rather just go to like something like OBP Apparel and just get something from like the good times, as opposed to going and spending money at MLB.com. All right, all right, just, just my opinion. Hey,
0: yeah. well, Scott, uh, Santa Bird is not the only person that uh, that brings gifts. Oh, is that the case? Not not the only person that uh, leaves a little something under, under, the under tree. your tree uh, for the holidays, or, or candle, or or candle. Yeah, yeah. Scott, I I made you something. Okay, and um. I, you know it's the holidays is this to convince me to buy season tickets this year <laughs> i may be trying to buy you okay it's the holidays It it's the time of year that to be as mccartney has said with the one you love um
1: so not yoko no
0: and and so i i, I made you something for
1: for christmas and i hope you like what it. have i told you about making me stuff always just write it out to cash
0: I view family to yours
1: um yeah so can i get a gift receipt oh i'm i'm sorry
0: no it fell off the back of a truck in china it's it's a watt meters if you will darn tariffs
1: (laughs) okay um well with that um let's go ahead and blow the save all right so i've got two things uh to kind of blow a safe with uh this week um first of all um adam jones going to japan to play yeah Hmm. good for him yeah i mean honestly family good for his family um i want to go to japan to watch adam jones play i want to go to japan watch a baseball game and i want to watch adam jones play
2: that would be
0: awesome
1: yeah It would be uh, absolutely bonkers. Uh, That's an expensive weekend, but a lot of fun. uh, So uh, I'm going to see if I can get a trip out there for work Mm. and uh, maybe spend a week out there and maybe go see like two or three games of Adam Jones and uh, do some work on the side and uh, literally eat a bunch of Japanese food and watch Adam Jones play. I think it would be an awesome, awesome time.
0: I got to be honest. I'm sure that you could tweet him out and be like, hey... I'm going to come watch you
1: play. I guarantee I'm going to do this. If I, I speak if I, your native language. Yeah. Can we meet up? Yeah, I'm just, I'm very much looking forward to it. So I'm jelly. Uh, if I can make that happen for 2020, uh, that's on my bucket list, and that's what I'm asking um, my Santa bird to bring me. Um, second part for blowing the save. Um, podcasting is always an adventure. Is the best way to put it. Uh-oh. And, uh oh. And you know, getting together on uh, December 23rd. Uh, And putting together a podcast and uh, basically asking one significant other on this podcast to say, hey, we need shtick and I need you to go down to a basement and not spend any time with your family uh, in order to knock out a song is appreciative. Uh, And even more appreciative is it uh, when uh, you do a podcast uh, and it doesn't work uh, about halfway through and you realize it and then you've got to start from scratch. So for folks that are out there uh, that think, oh, they just fire up the microphones and, and, and talk. In most cases, that is completely accurate. Uh, in this given aspect and for other folks out there in the podcast um, you know, sphere, as it were, um, there are these kind of behind-the-scenes moments where you kind of say, God, I hate podcasting. And I wouldn't say that's my feeling tonight, but if you get a chance kind of going into the new year, uh, reach out to one of your favorite podcasts. Uh, it is certainly not this one, uh, so please do not contact us. Um, But please reach out to one of your podcasts and just give them a a hearty thank you uh, for kind of going into the new year um, because there's a lot of effort. And let me tell you, little to no money coming back in uh, to any of these shows. So
0: this this is take number two for us. Oh, yes. This is take two. As you have alluded to. Um, Podcasts, uh, you know, this is what we do. We enjoy it. It's a passion project. I'm also a big fan of of podcasts in general. Scotty, yes. do you listen to a lot of podcasts? I do. Um, I listen to a ton. Do you, do you have any recommendations for what you're listening to right now?
1: Um, I'm actually listening to one right now, um, but it's more work-centric. It's called Gastropod, and it's kind of combining the aspect of colonology along with science. But again, that's more for work basis. Okay.
0: I, I myself yes. listen to uh, the West Wing Wheelie. Oh yes, is, which is a a podcast uh, about the West Wing yes. from a uh, former cast member and a a fanboy of the show. They are getting to the very end of the, of the show. I got to be honest, I'm I'm kind of intrigued. I've read a little bit on, on the interwebs about the Office Ladies, mm. which is uh, you know a, a podcast yeah. done by by two of the former cast members of the office i think that could be that, that could be could one fill the void. yeah the, uh fill the void once uh west wing weekly ends yeah so. again
1: podcasts are a um a labor of love um there are very few of them out there that make the money um that it is i know my wife is actually going to be going with her father to go see a podcast live in philadelphia it's so my dad wrote a yeah you'll just have to ask your parents uh for those that are under pg-13 uh what that last word is um and like i said Thanks so much kind of going into this holiday season end of the year for all that actually uh, spent the time to listen to us during this season. Um, it's been fun. It's been aggravating. Um, but overall, uh, we're not going away anytime soon. I think it's only
0: aggravating because you have to listen to me. Uh, that
1: is definitely the case.
0: And that, that is our show. Remember, you can find this and our entire catalog of indispensable episodes at birdseyeviewbaltimore.com.
1: Birds Eye View is available forever. Weirds Eye View is available for download for wherever you should get your podcast. See, I had to do it twice, just like we did before. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Spotify, and many others. Please remember to rate and review the show. We appreciate the feedback, and it encourages other people to listen for the first time. Come get
0: social with us. You can email us at contact at birdseyeviewbaltimore.com. You can find us on social media. On Instagram. I've sucked at that recently. Sorry. Facebook, Snapchat. Uh, we've never done that. Uh, but the best way to get a hold of us is on Twitter, where we tweet at
1: birds. of you B-A-F. Nobody Snapchats anymore. It's just the gram and the Twitter. That's it. We should get on the TikToks. There's no chance I'm doing TikTok. You, you're afraid of, uh, you know, being hacked by the uh, UAE? No, I just, there's no chance that we're doing TikTok. Instagram, Twitter, facebook maybe if we've got energy for it you're so old and with that baltimore and beyond i'll bid you all a fun i do i do good night baltimore be safe out there and let's go o's
0: you wouldn't tiktok for me scott
1: no zero chance and i still want my gift refund i'll wrap it up with your season tickets darn it